the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Get it on Manchester right to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. My name's Mark Isles, and I'm the chief football writer of the Bolton News. This is your yearly review of the highs, the lows, the rights, and the wrongs of 2023 at Bolton Wanderers. Can I promise you an exhaustive tactical breakdown of the playoff semi-final against Barnsley? Well, no, not really. Can I promise you that Henry Hewitt won't fanboy over Dion Charles for about an hour? Yeah, I can't do that either, I'm afraid. But what I can guarantee you 100% is that we will be talking about Bolton Wanderers all the way through 2024. We'll be there in the good times and the bad. And we'd like to thank the thousands and thousands of people who tune in every single week, who they email us, uh, stop me in Starbucks and say they agree with the point that I've completely forgotten I'd made. It's all much, much appreciated. So, without further ado, here is part one of our 2023 review. It went over a bit, so we've decided to split it into two manageable parts. Part two will drop pretty quickly after this, so and I don't think it really matters that much if you get me the wrong way around. We were all there. We know what happened. Uh, but me and Henry are going to talk about it. Nevertheless, please enjoy. Okay, it's time to introduce my co-host for this podcast and a man who, if he's anything like me, will be celebrating the arrival of 2024 by sobbing into a can of non-alcoholic lager and about his lost youth and freedom and stuff like that. It's Henry Hewitt. Henry, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, the, the second part, definitely. The first part, no, it would definitely be alcoholic. <laughs> Yes, well, gone are the days where I can bother with that. We've got a New Year's Day game as well this year, which doesn't really help me. I've not done New Year's Eve for absolutely ages. Since probably since I had hair. <laughs> You've had you had hair. I just thought you came out bald and stayed bald. <laughs> no, honestly, there's some uh, there's some like picture bylines going about somewhere that uh, this I had. I'm sure I did. I'm sure it might just been. I might have just dreamt it. Who knows? It's been one of those years. Um, right. I mean, this has been a, a particularly good year for you, mate. I mean, you're a new dad. Uh, you're an award-winning podcast. Uh, we, you've chalked up hundred and what eighty episodes of this thing as well. I mean, it could it be getting any better for you? I guess it couldn't. No. Um, yeah. No. It's, <laughs> it's been a <laughs> it's been a very good year. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think the the success of Bolton has definitely helped to that. I think, um, you know, no matter what happens in your your personal life, and obviously you can have a great year like uh, like I have, especially with the birth of my son, or a, a, a particularly bad year that some people will have. I'm sure if you had a bad year, those little highlights from Bolton Wanderers has helped get you through it, and vice versa. You know, if you've had a good year, it's it's. Uh, mm. You know, definitely in your top three or four moments will be, say, the uh, the Wembley trip and stuff like that. Yeah, I think you've had a particularly good year. If, if things have been going really, really well for you, Bolt Wanderers have also delivered enough really low points to keep you grounded as well. Yeah. That's the great thing about following Bolt Wanderers is that there are loads of highs, there's loads of good stuff, but there's always a little sneaky surprise coming round a corner, just like we found out recently. This year so far has been it's been strange because. We've been going into games expecting to win. You know, when we've done our predictions on the podcast, mm. I've been been saying Bolton will win four or five nil, which I've never done in my Bolton Wanderers supporting life ever. Uh, and of course, we end the year on a few defeats as we record this now. Um, you know, a few defeats. So uh, yeah, there's always Bolton will always do that to you, but that's why we love them. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's been a mad old year. We've had Wembley, we've had playoff semi-finals, we've had ups, downs, transfers. Ah, it's been typical Bolton Wanderers. But uh, looking forward into 2024 now, you know, Bolton is still around the, the top two, even though there's been a couple of, of dodgy results recently. Are, are you optimistic? I mean, you've always been Mr. Optimism as far as the podcast concerned. Never a question in your mind that Bolton were going up. Is Has any doubt started to creep in recently? Well, as as I just said, we're recording this on the 20th of December after the Bristol Rovers <laughs> game. So I could easily say, oh, not at all. And then Bolton lose against Leighton Orient, Lincoln and Fleetwood. And suddenly we're mid-table. Um, and you're a TikTok. No. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a TikTok. Or whatever a TikTok is. <laughs> but uh, no, I think... You know, when you look at it on the whole, at this point, we've got enough to, to crack on and, and get promotion. I think, uh, we said it on the podcast, you know, you look at the likes of Portsmouth and Peterborough and, uh, you know, they, they've got good players. But I think we've got the best squad in the league and I, I do believe that. So with the best squad in the league uh, comes great responsibility and uh, <laughs> part of that is to uh, get promoted. So I am confident. However, when I listen back to this uh before just before the end of the year, then uh, I may be maybe ruining my confidence. What about you? What do you see for twenty twenty four? I genuinely think this next few weeks is going to shape a lot of stuff because we all kind of have this vision of how the transfer window is going to go, and almost always it kind of it alters something will happen. There will be a defining moment between the you know mid december and mid january that makes you look differently at things and i just wonder whether or not there's going to be a bid um for a Dion charles or a ricardo santos or or whoever whoever who's that's going to make bolton think really seriously about it and and that will be a big moment i think if they were to get a very very serious bid for one of their key players recruitment wise i don't think i'm a bit like you i think i'm i'm quite happy i don't i don't think it's the all singing all dancing squad that sometimes gets talked about i think there are shallow areas i think there are some little boxes that don't get ticks at the moment and and sometimes um particularly in the last couple of weeks i think they've they've seen a, a little bit of of what they might be missing but generally speaking i think they've got enough to go up it's just whether that bid comes in whether they have to make that decision and it will say a lot, I think, about what position the club's in as well going forward. If they're thinking about championship football, will they have to do business? Can they afford to, to kind of bat off the vultures? We will wait and see. Yeah, you know, I think we've, we have got some good players. And I think what's happened recently with, uh, you know, with Schumacher going to Stoke and, um, you know, and a few mm. other managers moving about. And you, you can never, you know, you never underestimate that, you know, Ian Everett has come out and said that he's he's happy at Bolton, mm. but if the right offer came for him, and this is getting to silly season now in management, and you never know. And it's the same with players. That realistically, let's say for example, a Stoke, if they came in for Dion Charles, which um, you know they, they were rumoured to be after him, um, then you know Dion Charles would earn a lot more money, but then would probably hopefully end up playing us again next year. So. You, you've got to wonder whether players will look and will they look at money or will they go well actually if I stay here I can you know I'm a fan's favourite uh, same with say Santos or Thomason or anyone else um, 
you know, realistically, none of them are going to go to the Premier League, so mm. they'll go to the Championship and could end up playing us again next year. So you never know then. It's it's a strange strange thing because you're kind of looking at Stokes and and those kind of mid table Championship teams and the 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 Bolton in me wants to say, but is that a sideways move? But actually, realistically, they're in a different financial hemisphere nowadays than than Bolton. Um, you know, the whole landscape has changed. It's a bit like the Luton FA Cup game. You know, people are saying, oh, well, you, could, you should be able to win that. You could could win that. It's only Luton. But actually, <laughs> Luton's, Luton's wage bill is probably twice, three times that of Bolton's now. Um, and obviously, they've been through you know, lots of graduations and, and promotions and, and the Premier League team. So they've got, you know, proper proper stars there. I mean, they, I know they play a pretty base level of football, but it's the, getting your head around the fact that Bolton aren't the Bolton Wanderers of the Premier League anymore. Still, to this day, even though we've been as far as we have, is is sometimes still difficult. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we signed Mendes Gomez, one of Luton's cast-offs, and that's where we <laughs> are at the moment. So... Um, yeah, uh, 2024, I think there's a lot There's a lot to look forward to. I think in a different way to 2023, because I think, you know, I can't remember for sure, but Bolton were around the same position. At, well, yeah, fifth. fifth at the moment. Yeah, yeah they were and fifth. We were, uh, around the same position. So, whereas last year we were looking and going, okay, well, we could get in the playoffs and maybe, a, uh, you know, let's see how we do in the Papa John's and, you know, we could get to Wembley and... I think it was it was going into the unknown a little bit and that sort of excitement through there. Whereas you look at now when there's more there's excitement, but it's more of a uh, an a expectation excitement. Yeah. You know, people yeah. are looking and going, "Well, we're going to get to Wembley again in the Papa John in the uh, whatever it's called now." Bristol um, Street Trophy Motors Trophy. Street rolls rolls off the tongue, um, <laughs> but. Um, you, you know, we're going to get to the final of that and Wembley again. We're going to, you know, get promoted. No need for playoffs this year. So there's a there's a different type of excitement. But hopefully, we when we talk this time next year, we'll be we'll be at least in the championship. Whether we'll be struggling or whether we'll be uh, quite comfortable and doing okay, who knows? But hopefully, we'll be there. Well, you have to look at Ipswich to see how it can really, really go very differently once you once you get up there. But who knows? Who knows? OK, right. Well, we're going to be looking at uh, back rather at 2023 uh, going month by month and doing a bit of All Right or Barry Knight. But first, I thought I'd bring you a festive edition of Who Are You? Blink and you missed him. Who are you? Here today, gone tomorrow. Who are you? Blink. And you missed him. Who are you? Here today, gone tomorrow. Who are you? Henry, have you brought your uh, Josh Dacre's cogliometer? Uh, I have, yes. It's um, I've managed. I got a new one for Christmas. Oh, lovely, lovely, yeah. lovely. Is it a digital one? Because you've been you've been using the analog uh, Dacre cogliometer uh, recently. It's, it's it's taken a bit more time. Yeah, it has its own app as well. It, it logs <laughs> how many uh, Dacus Cogleys I've given, what the average is. Mm. Uh, it logs them all. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's very fancy. 
Very good. I'll be expecting to see graphs. I like graphs. Okay, as as per normal on this, it's uh, three amazing factoids that Henry has to rate according to fascination on the uh, Jacobs Cogley scale. Um, but instead of players, I've just basically gone with straightforward festive facts about Bolton Wanderers. So uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna pick a letter this this week. It's just gonna be three straight facts, and they're all out of my own my own pocket. Nobody's emailed e- emailed in with the foresight of doing a festive special and. Here's three here's three uh, facts for you. These are all mine. So, okay, are you ready, Henry? Yes. Right, the first one. Only eight clubs have ever topped the Premier League or First Division on Christmas Day and never won the title. And, and I'm not going to do an impromptu kind of quiz because we'd be here all day, but Bolton Wanderers are one of them. Would you like to hear the teams that have been top of the First Division or Premier League on Christmas Day, but never won the title. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing... Only eight. That's only eight. Only eight of ever done. So you've got Bolton Wanderers, Brentford, Cardiff, Middlesbrough, Norwich, Notts County, Oldham, and Swansea City. There we go. And um, how, how fascinating is that? That is a fascinating fact. It's another one that we... Uh, that Bolton... It's like being in the top division for the longest without winning it. You actually think, you know what, I'd rather have that stat than not. So this is another one. I'd rather Bolton uh, not win the top division so we can keep that stat. Uh, so I'm going to give it an eight. I'd rather them win the top division, to be absolutely honest with you. I could, <laughs> I could do with the exposure. It'd be quite nice for the brand. Um, yeah, OK. Right, so here's the second one. OK, so Christmas Day fixtures were a regular thing up until the late 50s. Um, we moan about going to Lincoln on Boxing Day, but literally we were going Christmas Day to Burnham Park up to, uh, well, the last one at Burnham Park actually was 1954, which was against Tottenham, a 1-0 defeat. Um, the last, <laughs> top, yeah, top, imagine going Tottenham, like, oh, we've got Bolton away on Christmas Day. Sorry, love, I'm not going to be back in until 1 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> and this was like horse-drawn carriages at the time as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, Bolton's last one was 1957. That was at Goodison, so that wasn't terrible. Uh, yeah. But but Bolton have been been drawn at Charlton on Christmas Day. They've done Arsenal. Um, they beat Manchester United on Christmas Day as well. That was uh, quite good. In 1952, they lost at home to Arsenal by six goals to four in front of 45,000 people. Can you imagine that at Burnden? Uh, you know, I would love to, you know, it, it, in a time machine, just go back and look at, you know, you see old videos with the, the train as well that used mm. to go over the, saying so you see that and, and the way people dressed. And I, I mean, I do say, I do think when you, when you see old football and with the greatest respect to Bolton's greatest ever player, but when Nat Lofthouse was playing, some of the football was awful. So <laughs> I think it would be a, it would be nice to see the stadium and like, wow, look at this and, the train and isn't it unique and whatever but um but yeah actually going to watch the football itself you'd be like this is uh, quite a low level in 2023 i don't know i don't know i think i think just seeing burned and that full would just be wonderful and having yeah. that sort of sense of spectacle and 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 also i don't i, I don't know i think we see little selective 
bits and bobs of, of Pathé newsreels and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think, I don't know, remember the last time I sat down and, and watched a full game from the 50s. It might well have been excellent. I mean, you had nothing else to compare it to, I suppose. You're, you're kind of, you're comparing it to modern day football that has kind of adapted itself to your sensibilities. Um, I'm not having a go, but you know. <laughs> no, that's, that's true. Somebody needs to make a Nat Loftow's goal compilation on YouTube, please. And uh, then it may change my mind. Yes, yes, indeed. Are you going to give me a Dickless Cogley on that one? You know what? It's the it's the holiday season. I'm in a good mood. I'm going to stick that as a 7.5. Lovely, lovely. Okay, so the final one on Who Are You This Week. I'm going to take you back to 1963. It's another, another one in the time machine. December the 26th, 1963, Boxing Day. And probably the maddest day of football there has ever been. Okay, now so Wanderers for their part in the first division fixtures, were fairly straightforward. So they got lumped 3-0 at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Everton lost 2-0 against Leicester. But elsewhere, it went mad. So do you want to hear the full scorecard from the first division that day? Yes. So I'll do it in uh, my best uh, BBC voice. Blackpool 1, Chelsea 5, Burnley 6... Manchester United, 1. Fulham, 10. Ipswich, 1. Leicester, 2. Everton, 0. Liverpool, 6. Stoke, 1. Nottingham Forest, 3. Sheffield United, 3. West Bromwich Albion, 4. Tottenham Hotspur, 4. Sheffield Wednesday, 3. Bolton Wanderers, 0. Wolves, 3. Aston Villa, 3. And West Ham, 2. Blackburn Rovers, 8. You know what? That's typical Bolton and actually typical Everton, the fact that we were involved, we were involved in a 3-0 defeat and they were involved in a 2-0 defeat and it went mad everywhere else. Only two sides in the entire first division didn't score that day. But can you imagine how long match of the day would have been that day? I mean, it would have just been crazy. Just showing the goals, you'd have had like Alan Shearer and Danny Murphy just falling asleep three hours into the show. Like, let me leave, please, let me leave. <laughs> Yeah, and back in that day, was it? Um, they'd only show the one match, and I bet they would have sent them to watch that Everton match. <laughs> Tony Gubber. <laughs> yeah, last and last on match of the day, it's uh, Bolton Wanderers at Sheffield Wednesday with Tony Gubber. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, what a mad day! You're going to give us a Dacus Cogley on the maddest Boxing Day ever. Uh, we'll go with another seven point five for that one. Lovely, lovely. Number one wins. Okay, right. We promised you a review of the year, and we are darn well going to bring you one. It's All Right or Barry Knight 2023 version. Is it all right? Is it all right? Right, okay, so we've got in the time machine, we're back in January, turn of the year, Bolton Wanderers, fifth in the table, uh, after the playoffs of course, that was that was the aim at the start of the, the last season, um, and I think we're on our way to Barnsley, aren't we? It was uh, one, of the, one of the, I think it was the first game of the season, Barnsley away, 3,000 yeah. fans at Oakwell. Um, so what we're going to do then, every, every month we're going to pick out um, a, a couple of all rights, a couple of Barry Knights, so... Dealer's choice, which one do you want? Barry Knight or all right? Uh, let's start on a positive, especially with that Barnsley game. Okay, well, you, you pick out an all right. Uh, right, well, we've done Barnsley, that was great. Um, I tell you what, let's, let's talk about 
Uh, that game against Charlton and Morley's mm. free kick, it was on Sky, won 2-1, Dion scored the second, and, uh, you know, it's, it started off a few games where Morley, as soon as the Sky cameras showed up, would suddenly <laughs> score goal of a season contenders. Absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? Did the best thing about that one, we... The, I was in the press box before the game and for whatever reason, Charlton's ground staff carried out a gigantic L and just put it in the middle of the yeah, of the ground and I got a picture of it. I just thought, what a great way to start the day for Charlton just to, just carrying a giant L. Um, and, and so it proved. Uh, they've got a great record there, haven't they? And, and Morley's free kick, the noise that made, by the way, it was silent. You could have heard a pin drop and you heard the ball hit the back of the net and it was so far away, the away end, or, or I don't, I'm not sure whether the sun was in the eyes. People just didn't know it had gone in. But it, the delay was was just ridiculous. So there was no noise. You heard it hit the back of that like a like a movie, like bend it like Beckham or something. And then all of a sudden, the, the fans go up behind the goal. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I wasn't there. I was watching it on Sky, and even there, you know, I mean, they've got microphones next to the post, but it was that ping it hit mm. the post. Um, but no, it was a it was a good. Um, it, it always seems that when we go to Charlton, there's always a, oh, if we get a result here, then it's a good result. Well, we always win. We won this year. <laughs> we won twice yeah. this year. <laughs> so uh, we're fine. Charlton's a, a you know, it'd be, it'd be a shame if we go up in Charlton. It's like when in the, the noughties was, was West Ham. We just always mm. beat West Ham. Mm. Yeah, so, the, new, uh, the no, new West Ham. Um, so go on. Have you got a, an all right that you want to share? Ah, a good, a good, all right. Okay, so I think what I'm going to pick is uh, Owen Toll. So this time last year, Owen Toll was still a bit of an oddity, really, in, in terms of he'd only really played a few times in the, um, the in the Papa John's Trophy. Still, he got an ankle injury, so he wasn't able to play a lot until right at the very, very end of 2022. And if you remember, Ricardo Santos had been out with that horrible uh, illness that he'd been in hospital with. So uh, you had Will Ameson, who was playing in the middle of of the defence. It was a very strange time. Gethin Jones had picked up an injury as well. Bolton were really, really stretched for resources. But then Owen Toll, out of absolutely nowhere, came in and started playing like prime bloody Rio Ferdinand or something. He was absolutely outstanding. And to be fair to the lads, I mean, there's been a few, you know, plateaus or whatever for him. But he's, he's barely looked back. And you see the way he's finished this year as a fully-fledged international player. And one, you wouldn't bat an eyelid to see him on the this, the team sheet now you know what a fantastic bit of business it was bringing him into the club yeah and you know he definitely goes into a category of those players that could make the step up and if Bolton don't get promoted or or even this January there'll be a few that are you know are looking over at him if he's an international and he's doing well in in League One if you've got a team in the Championship that's struggling a little bit and and this is it as well with the way Bolton play you know okay there's not um there's some teams that don't play like that, but I think the aspiration of a lot of teams is to play that sort of Man City way, which Bolton do, and mm. Toll does it well. So, yeah, it's been an incredible year for him. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously a shame what happened at the very end of, um, you know, the, the Papa John's final, and I'm sure when we <laughs> play Barnsley uh, in 2024, I'm sure Bolton fans will remind Cosgrove of that. But... Um, I hope probably Toll reminds of Cosgrove of that, to be honest. Yeah, that'd be... Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait till we 4-0 up in the 90th minute. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, it's been um, you know a, a fantastic year for him, and he's uh, you know he's yeah he's setting, you'd probably put Santos as the first name at the back, but Toll wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be far behind him. Not at all. So for every ying there is a yang. For every all right there is a Barry Knight. Let's have our January Barry Knights. Who? What are you picking? Um, I'm gonna pick. Oh, I, I've I've got to pick this one, and this is one of the it's one of the highlights, if you can call it that, of the year. One of the uh, the news stories that um, with Bolton, a very Bolton wondrous thing to happen, and it was when. Dion Charles, I mean, open scoring against Forest Green, then found himself sent off for literally doing nothing. Uh, and Elias Kachunga was the man to blame. Um, yeah, mistaken identity. Kachunga should have got sent off, and Charles did instead. Uh, Tom Neald, who would then get his opportunity to uh, send off Dion Charles later in the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, it was... It was a funny moment, that wasn't it? It was a, uh, uh, I mean, you know, we played bottom of the league and ended up just holding on against them, which uh, you would have. Ra- I think going one the up, we all thought, oh, this could be four or five. But mm. uh, no, one of those moments that I think Bolton fans, it'll become like a cult sort of, not a cult hero, but a cult moment. People who of that of this era will remember it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And th- I mean, let's be honest, the backlash wasn't great uh, against uh, Kachunga at all. In fact, it was so horrible, in fairness. But I, I think the the image of him kind of protesting to the the fourth, sorry, to the linesman and, and to the referee, say, "Listen, it was me, it was me." And then, like Dion, just like, "What is going on?" The, the the expression on Charles's face, he had no clue whatsoever why he was being sent off. It just made me think, what do officials? talk about they've all got they're all mic'd up nowadays they all talk to each other they all you know they're all in contact within shouting distance at the very least surely a fourth official could help out there or a linesman could help out the referee there is there's no way on earth that four different men could not have seen that it was Elias Kachunga that lashed out at the defender rather than uh rather than Dion Charles it still bamboozles me to this day that that happened um, yeah. but you know it, that is uh, that's lower league football for you. And the more I look at VAR, the more I think I wouldn't even want that to be in my life anyway. So would I accept the old the odd decision? Then fine, then fine. Um, I am going to go uh, with something slightly different, and that is what uh, one of the probably the biggest story of January, and that was the departure of, of Dapua Lion um, to St Pauli in Germany, uh, Bolton got just over 500 grand according to the German press. Now, I, I've heard a few different numbers, some of them a little bit higher than that, in fact, um, ever since. But uh, we shall probably only ever know when the, the, the accounts come out exactly what they did get for him up front. Uh, but it definitely caused a ruckus. There's no two ways about it. It was, it was unpopular universally, I think, among the Bolton fans at the time. Um, he, he, he was on a bit of a low because he'd be, been done for that elbow, hadn't he, at Lincoln at the end of 2022. And he'd, he'd been out the team, came back in, I think, for a Papa John's trophy game uh, against Pompey. Um, but he just couldn't find a way into that team. He's clearly talented, clearly... I mean, he, I said it many times, he was the guy that I enjoyed watching the most um, in the Bolton team at the time. But they just couldn't find a way of getting him in that team. And... Whenever anything went wrong, it was the inflexibility of the team and all that kind of stuff. 
I still wonder what would have happened if they'd have reject, rejected it and, and kept him and, and whether or not he could be doing what Paris McGoan was doing now, only we own him. Who knows? Who knows? But it definitely caused a controversy at the time. Um, looking back now with about 12 months of, of hindsight, Henry, do you think it was a good move or a bad move for Bolton to have, to have moved him on? Well, it's, it's a, it is a difficult one because you can look at where we are at the moment and think, well, yeah, I know we're fifth, but we are actually a lot closer to the top two than what we were last year. And then mm-hmm. we won the Papa John's. And so I think the team has progressed without him. I don't think we've, we've plateaued. I don't think we've got worse. The, the team has progressed. So you would have to say that to get that money for him, a guy who, let's face it, the highest level he'd played for, you know, played at was with Bolton in League One. So, you know, you, you're getting that money for someone who um, you don't actually know whether he would have suited the championship. You'd, you'd think he would have done. Um, so, yeah, on that note, you'd say that Bolton were right to get the money and, and for us all to move on. But, you know, I think it is easy when we're just looking for that little bit of creativity or that little bit of spark or just that something different, you would you immediately look at Affaline and think, well, what would he have done? So I think there's pros and cons for it all. I think in in the grand scheme of things, I, I think it's it was probably right. You know, Affaline wasn't fitting into the team. He tried him up front. He tried him at wing back. All these different things. He just wasn't working. So it was right that he moved on. But yeah, if... For me, if they could have made it work, then I would have liked to have seen Affaline stay. But, you know, we play a certain way and that's not the certain way for Affaline. So it's probably best for all parties that he moved on. Yeah, it was a bit chicken and egg in the end as well. Because Dapo had offers. He was looking elsewhere. He was he, he was an ambitious lad. He wanted to go and play. So there was that to, to factor in as well. But I, I do wonder if there is an alternate plane where he didn't get that move and Bolton are a better team because he's around. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, email us in. Let us know what your thoughts are. Okay, let's move on to February. And um, another all right from you, Henry. You pick out one of the positives from February. Well... There was a few. It was actually a very positive uh, month for Bolton. Uh, but I'm going to go with the semi-final uh, against Accrington. Kachunga's redemption. And uh, it was, uh, in many ways, uh, the you know, a Bolton's long road from that Stoke defeat. It was kind of the, it was the pathway to, to moving on from it all. And mm. I think that to get to Wembley again, all right, not as big as a competition, but still to win silverware. Um, and for Bolton as well, because if you remember last year, they were still, I know we'd beat Accrington earlier in the season, but there were still question marks over whether Bolton could go to those smaller grounds and put in performances. So to go there on a big night, uh, you know, the, we got the rubber the green with the sending off and then Trafford could arguably have been sent off as well. But to get the over the line and win uh, and set up that game against Plymouth, it was a, it was a special night. It was a special night and there was a, a mass rank of fans behind the goal. It was, it was one of those really kind of raucous, raw nights that you... Accrington's one of them grounds where it always sounds loud, no matter how many people are in it. It's just a very condensed kind of place and that away and uncovered, absolutely pouring with rain. It was it was such a, a unique night. Uh, and it, I'm, I'm with you. I think it was one of the one of the highlights of the, of the whole year. Um, I'm going to take... Um, a slightly different one. I'm gonna I'm gonna 
dodge the 5 nilers against Peterborough and NK Dons, which I would argue would be quite highlights in any month normally. Um, I'll save you going over the 5 nil against Peterborough so Darrow doesn't get upset, uh, Henry. But I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, the, the renaming of the stadium. Now, some people might say this should be a Barry Knight, but I reckon Tough Sheet coming in as the new Bolt Wanderers uh, stadium sponsors was was a big thing not only financially because it's it's one of the biggest stadium deals they've done um ever uh, I, I think reebok arguably could have been bigger at, at the original planning but anything after that has not been financially as, as as big for them um but i just think it's added something to the whole place i think it's given it a bit of character i think yes there's a few little uh, childish giggles when it gets mentioned on soccer saturday or whatever the hell it is called now um but I, I think the fact that it's um, uh, the guy that runs it is is local. He, you know, his, his uh, late wife was a massive, massive Wanderers fan. There was a lovely backstory to the reason that he wanted to come in and do it. The company are doing extremely well um, nationally. They're renowned in their field as well. So I, I just think it was a it was a decent bit of business for Bolton, and I think it gives the place just a little bit of of solidity as well. All we need to do is get the road signs sorted there's two ways of looking at it and yeah like you said there it's a great story and um you know it's it's lovely for the, the guy who owns tough sheet to be able to do that as as a little tribute to his wife but also supporting a local business which is mm. uh, surprising really to call a football club a local business but it is mm. and um you know that's that's fantastic that story on the other hand uh, yeah when you are saying to uh, other people who don't support Bolton. Well, you know, what's the stadium called again now? Yeah, Tough Sheet Stadium. And then there's that laugh straight away. <laughs> Every time, um, you know, on, on social media and away team comes, you always say arrive at the Tough Sheet Stadium and everyone's like, oh, what, what is it? Uh, yeah, there is that. But I think, um, you know, it, it, football's a business and if that's the, the highest bidder and, uh, you know, we're getting more money, then, you yeah, know, it was a, it was a, it was, all right, rather than a Barry Knight. I think it fed into Bolton's sensibilities. I just think, that, you know, if if I know nothing other than this about Bolton fans, it's they can laugh at themselves. They've got this kind of like humour about the just ridiculousness of football and of being this club that has had the highs and had the lows and everything in between. I think there is that kind of sensibility about Boltonians and uh, I think it works I think it works uh, let's have a Barry Knight then Henry uh, you know there's there's one here and it's um, it's funny really because you you obviously you, we, we're in February so we're judging it on last season now we went to Wickham and lost we went to Portsmouth and lost and obviously we played both of those sides so far this season mm. Portsmouth we lost again but Wickham we we laid that ghost to rest so you know, at the time we'd lost one nil. Um, it was a big disappointment, especially following the five nils against Peterborough and MK Dons. And you know, you did wonder then about, well, uh, you know, are Bolton ready to get promoted? Mm. You know, the question was being asked around this time: Is it a year too soon? We went to Wickham and lost. We then went to Portsmouth, took took the lead, but then ended up losing three one. And and that question was was you know was being asked in hindsight the way we're looking at this season so far maybe it was for the best that Bolton waited another year but at least we've now laid that Wickham ghost to rest even though the Portsmouth one is still there yeah I'm with you I think there is still a little question mark over 
particularly what happened at Portsmouth, just that kind of physicality and 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 high press. You know, it still causes problems. It still it still ruffles Bolton's feathers. And yes, they found their way out of it a few times this season. But I think there's still that is still their uh, kryptonite, to use Ian Everett's um, phrase. But those two games, certainly the Wickham one. It was a free kick right on half time, wasn't it? It was a real kick in the nuts that one. It was uh, it was a very very scrappy game, and a long way to go. And then Portsmouth. Portsmouth were actually really good on the night. I thought. I thought they were they were probably better that night than they were this season when they beat Bolton on telly. I thought they played a lot better that night. Um, my Barry night is going to be my hometown club um, and. Cheltenham Town when they came to what was then the University of Bolton Stadium uh, to apparently play football and I've never seen football played like this before it's it was it was comedic to be completely frank Wade Elliott's team uh, kept the ball in play for about 47 minutes of the 90 um, that we worked out later on so 47 minutes and this was before the time wasting rules came in for the season time rules came in for August they've now gone again well, now they disappeared. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, there was that brief window where people were talking about time wasting. Um, but at least we can't use towels now. That's something. <laughs> as far as I'm aware, they're still not not using towels. But um, yeah, I mean that was ridiculous. And then then to hear Wade Elliott as well say, "Oh, that's exactly that's everything I'd want from a from a performance away from home." And just looking at. Looking around the press room at all these journalists, that like that wasn't football. Whatever we've just watched there was not football. It was ridiculous. It was really embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I, I remember this uh, this weekend. I was in Paris watching PSG, so I, I was the only person in that stadium <laughs> getting uh, updates on the Bolton score. But like, um, yeah, it, it just it, it. I think last season we saw it with Burton and. Markham and all these teams that would come and just play the same way and mm. luckily Bolton tended to get something out of the games, we tended to get over the line even if it was late on and that we did in this game, you know, Dempsey scored, I think it was the 80th minute or something so, you know, we we would win the game but the I think for me it showed that Bolton had got to that point where we'd had the first season League One and teams were trying to work us out and we were trying to work ourselves out. This was the point where I thought, oh, no, teams are, are scared of Bolton now because they were just coming and just not playing at all and making it really difficult and the game was poor and mm. Cheltenham were just one of many teams. But it, it, in, the, in a positive, it showed me that what we're doing must be right because teams are looking and going, uh, we can't compete with them, we're going to have to try and frustrate them. Moving on to March, and I mean, for starters, there was there was very little choice in March because they barely played a game. It was really, really slim uh, pickings in March. But um, let's let's go with a, an all right. Um, you, you dealer's choice. You you can go first. Yeah, well, uh, I think there's only one all right, <laughs> so you have to take the the Barry Knight. But um, yeah, the, the tickets. Went on sale for the final. Yes, um, you know it was the the first time in uh, well, well, ten years, eleven years since we played yeah. at uh, Wembley. So it was the biggest, the, the first time Bolton had, had had to do something on this scale for years. Of course, every time we played at Wembley or Cardiff, there's always problems with tickets. But <laughs> on the whole, I think for me, I, I easily got my ticket, and I think I, I can't 
remember many people complaining. So I think uh, it like he went largely hassle free in the end, and mm. which was a good thing. And he probably contributed to what is it, thirty two thousand Bolton fans that went. Yeah, there was it was arguably their biggest following of a of Bolton fans for about fifty years or so since the the late seventies. We were trying to figure out what what was the largest kind of congregation of Bolton fans, and and probably. Probably um, they did not take them more than they did to the Papa John's Trophy final, but uh, official figures we're not too sure about. But either way, it I there was a lot said about the ticketing scheme. There's a lot said about all the introduction of the measures that they'd introduced in the in the previous twelve months, and uh, it has rubbed some people up the wrong way. There's no question about that. Change is never readily ev- embraced by everybody, of course. But I think this kind of thing shows you how it can be advantageous i think it, it it there weren't too many complaints i have to say certainly in comparison to some of the previous nightmares the club had had remember the was it the carling cup uh, bonanza they ended up having radio phone-ins and all sorts about that one so yeah progress technology has actually helped there um everything seemed to work out quite well um on the downside for march and it kind of links up a couple of previous ones as well because Beaten by Ipswich, who were definitely on, you know, they were going going places, you could tell that. And Sheffield Wednesday just had that knack about them. Then they got a draw. I'd have been a scored at Sheffield Wednesday, if I remember rightly. And it just made you think, yeah, well, the automatic play, promotion places, it's not going to happen. Just a bit, they're just a bit too ahead. Obviously, Plymouth were already up there as well. It was a case of make sure that you sort the playoffs out now. But there was. Are starting to creep in a, a few concerns potentially about some of the players they'd signed in January who had struggled for fitness, uh, picked up a couple of injuries, struggled to, to get straight in tune with the way that Ian Everett's team was playing as well. And we hadn't really seen that in previous transfer windows. There hadn't really been many times where you could say, well, or, or cast any kind of dispersions on, on the players that had been signed. But there were not many at that point in time, maybe Randall Williams in his very early uh, games. But that that goal for Adabi Ajo was his first, I think, for Bolton. But it was, his, it was the first time that he really showed what he could potentially do. And there were players like Mbete that were struggling. Uh, Shoratiri was struggling. Um, you know, the, the, the team just hadn't gelled. Um, the, or the new influx of players hadn't gelled, and it, it was it was it, it was just a strange feeling. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that, and I, I think a lot of people would do. I think it was, you know, the high standards that they set the previous two Januarys, and bringing in five or six players, mm. everyone was like, "Brilliant! These guys are going to get us to the automatics." It just didn't quite happen, you know. It was in spits and spat, you know. Like Mbete started well and then phased off. Shoratere started okay and then never really did it. Um, and Lundell got injured, Lundle, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never really did. Adibi Ajo was okay. Scored, I think, three goals in the end, but um, never really hit the heights that you'd expect from paying half a million or whatever it was for someone. So, yeah, I think um, we we expected. Probably a bit too much, but then at the same time, I think the rest of our squad was okay. You remember the previous two Januarys in League Two, we were twenty-first, and in uh, the first year in uh, in League One, we were like sixteenth, I think, and then mm. managed to get up to ninth. So 
we needed players to come in and hit the ground running whereas we didn't necessarily need that in January um, but but yeah you know the, I think has, has anyone from uh, you know Williams has gone and made the position his own Adebayo starts most weeks I don't think uh, I mean there's probably someone I'm forgetting but I don't think there's many if not any one from that January who's gone on and actually got a got a place in the team and kept it and mm. uh, become one of our better players so it was just one yeah one of those months but um, I, I think it could be a month that you know and Lundalu showed a little bit before he got injured so maybe he will come good when he gets back Adebayo might do it I think uh, when we look back over uh, you know in a few years perhaps you'll look and go oh actually that was a really good window we brought these two in and these two have now played 200 games for Bolton or it could be a god that was awful we had to get rid of all those in 18 months yeah no I agree I think it's, there's uh, still uh, still a fair few question marks to get rid of um, right let's move on to April which I mean there was a, there was a couple of things happened in April I'm going to let you pick your um, all right first Henry just random stab in the dark name me one good thing that happened in April you know what? I had a nice weekend in London. Did you? Uh, well, it was, it was just a Sunday, actually. We I went down with my dad, and mm. yeah, it was nice. Nice drive. And then we... What did we do? I can't remember what we did in the afternoon. And then we, we made our way back up to the northwest. Mm. Um, oh, that that was it. That was it. I watched the, I watched the football game. A football game, yeah. yeah. I heard on that day that Bolton Wanderers uh, lifted the domestic cup for the first time since 1989 with a hammering 4-0 win against Plymouth Argyle and uh, made made Josh Widdicombe disappear out of Wembley with his bloody cream suit. <laughs> Did you see that? I don't know that that ever came across on television, but he, he wore a replica suit of the, you know, remember the Liverpool Armani suit? Yeah. Um, I think it was supposed to be funny, but it didn't look great. It was it wasn't a great look when they got beat four 0 No, uh, and it wasn't a great look for Liverpool when uh, when they lost as well in that FA Cup <laughs> final. But um, yeah, I, I saw that. I didn't. I, I obviously didn't watch it. Well, I I, ta- I taped it. I Sky Plus it. So I still I, got yeah. on Sky Plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I I did see that. But um, yeah, what a day! Uh, it was nice recently watching the uh, Inside uh, Wanderers. Um, Think where it, it replayed the day, and mm. I think you know everyone around the club. Just, I think it helped because it wasn't a playoff final, and I think with playoff finals, there's there's obviously there's so much riding on it. There's you know there's in some cases jobs riding on it because mm. there's different budgets the next season. Um, but I think because it was a it was a final Papa John's final where. If Bolton lost it, it wouldn't really, it, apart from disappointing 32,000 people, it wouldn't really matter uh, in the grand scheme of things. So I think it was a free hit, and I think it was just a nice moment for all the fans, the the people who were working for the club at that difficult time, and weren't getting paid, and, and you, know, I, I've, you know, I remember, I remember every morning at that, you know, that time, waking up and, and seeing that you you know, as you do, you you say what articles are on the, the website and actually going, taking a deep breath at first, thinking, what's it going to be today? Or <laughs> um, you, you're having, you know, the club seems to be having a good day and then there's a, a note from the chairman and then, you know, I'd, I'd be working, I'd see 
two notifications on Twitter, which was Bolton Wanderers and you, and I thought, all right, here we go. <laughs> like, it's clearly <laughs> something that you've had to follow up on. And all those, you know, those times, and you know, to then go to Wembley and 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 just play Plymouth off the park, and it was just a, 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 a an amazing day that a, a, no Bolton fan will will ever forget. And it, that was for me. That was the moment where you go, right? We're in the right. We're going on the right direction here. Um, and and yeah, it was just part of the road back, and uh, it was it was nice to. I'd, I'm so glad that while we're in League One and League Two, we've managed to go and win that competition. I think if we'd have got promoted and not really done anything in this competition, I'd have been a bit disappointed as a opportunity missed. Yeah, and no, I agree. I think it, it it was a box that needed ticking, and I think I think Ian Everett was very keen to do it as well. I think you could see. And his, even in his disappointment, the previous year when they got knocked out at Hartlepool, it was it was a competition that he felt was winnable for Bolton Wanderers even at that point. And um, I think he, he's thinking the same thing again. You know, I quite fancy a return. Um, whereas on a very selfish plane, that that final, uh, I was flying out to uh, the Canary Islands literally at six six o'clock the next morning. So I wasn't able to, to have a drink and celebrate or to, to enjoy it at all. It was basically get my work done and get back up to the northwest as fast as I humanly could. Um, this year, uh, the April the 7th is the final. Were Bolton to make it, I actually land back in the country at 8 o'clock on April the 6th. So I will be jumping off a plane and then heading straight down to, um, straight down to Wembley. So, uh, yeah, it... Just seems to be uh, kismet that I uh, I end up attending these uh, these things, and hopefully Bolton will come back again. So uh, here's to 2024. I'm going to pick a, a, another highlight of my whole year is the fact that I don't have to write anything about Michael Ricketts and 20 goals again. Dion Charles in April got to 20 goals finally. Um, with a goal at Oxford, wasn't he? One nil, one against Oxford, and. Um, Thank God for that. Finally got a Bolton striker uh, back to 20 goals. 22 years we'd waited for that to happen. And it looks like he's going to do it again. I think he's on 14 this season, as we're saying here now. He's still got a few more games left uh, before the end of the year. Loads of time left before the end of the season to crack 20 again. Um, Dion definitely ranking among the the good strikers that I have have watched in this uh, weird old job of mine. Yeah, he's... It, yeah, I, I think uh, you know when you Bolton, Bolton have not been a team that has had prolific strikers for a long time. You know, I've been watching Bolton mm. for twenty-seven years. Yeah, ninety. Jeez, ninety-six. Um, and in that time, I had Blake and McGinley in my first full season watching Bolton, and then not much after it about mm. the Ricketts. Um, you know, we've had very good strikers, but just no one who was. Is being that that focal point, that guy you can go right. Well, he's going to score his twenty goals this season. It's up to the rest of them to to add the the rest. And uh, you know, in Dion, he's you know he's. I think Dion's perfect for this club at this time. He's a hard worker. The fans love him. Um, he's got that edge about him. He knows where the goal is. Um, and and yeah, I hope he's again. This could all change within days of us um, <laughs> releasing this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, I think for, for him, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's exactly, he's a top striker, especially in this division. And I hope that he rises up the leagues with us. 
and um, and yeah, he can he can, you know, he can, I I hope he's the first Bolton player to hit fifty goals for the club since Kevin Nolan, and then he can push on and start getting towards a hundred because um, you know he, he he fits the team perfectly, and uh, um, yeah, and he's he's I think since since Ian Everts come in, we just he's little. This little monkey off our backs, you know, whether it be... Mm. Remember, we didn't have a player who got past 12 goals for a while, so we had Doyle do that, and uh, and now we've had every season since we've done it, and winning at certain places, and doing certain things, and winning at Wembley, and we just... Yeah, we're just uh, moving on, and this is part of it with Dion. I'm just going to pick a very quick Barry Knight for April because it seems harsh to, to throw a Barry Knight into April. It was a pretty decent month. But I think, in fairness, you know, Wanderers were looking at, starting to look a bit knackered. You had Mbete, who was ruled out for the season. I think he got a knee injury, didn't he? Um, that, that final took a lot of adrenaline out. But there was another key incident in that month uh, where we found that Kyle Dempsey was up in court. And... Now, Dempsey had, had been, for me, Bolton's best player between January and April. He really kind of totally reinvented himself, became a really central figure for Bolton, but ended up being charged in court uh, for an assault up, up, up in his, his hometown uh, the previous summer. Um, we won't go into the who, whys and wherefores of it, but it was obviously something that was a, a big moment for him. Um, and we all kind of looked and wondered how that would affect his Bolton Wanderers career because, you know, he was found guilty in court and, and psychologically it could have been really damaging for him. But how how do you think he has gone on from that? And do you think he is still, you know, playing at that level for Bolton? I think he is. I think he's he first came in and he struggled because of injury. Yeah. And he showed a few signs... Um, and it, it, it was mainly, I think, out of him and Sadlier, it was probably Sadlier at the, at the end of that first half a season they had, in the first one back in League One, you probably looked at Sadlier as being the player who's going to push on. And then, you know, he, he started the next season, 2022-23, really well. He scored his two goals against Wickham. And we were starting to see what Dempsey was all about. And, um, you know, I think when he's played and he scored in the final as well, but when he's played, he's been a top player. You can really look at him and go, he's one of the better players in this division. Mm. But then he just has moments where he gets injured or he's, you know, he, he was playing whilst all this was going on. So I think, I think if you judge Kyle Dempsey on the first six months of a year, you'd, you'd have give him quite a high, um, you know, quite high rating. You're going to judge him off so far this season based on what we know he can do. Which you know, there's a few players that fall into this bracket. Morley falls into it as well. You you then mark him down. So I think there's there's more to go. I'm excited to see what 2024 brings for Dempsey because if he gets back to the farm we know he he is, he does. Then uh, I think he's going to be a massive asset to us. Definitely, injury playing its part as well. Of course, let's move on to May. Um, we'll pick uh, an all right and a Barry Knight. Um, I'm going to go with an all right first because I was sad to see, but also happy for everything they'd done. Um, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick the obvious May. Um, but when all things were said and done, Connor Bradley and, and James Trafford walked into the sunset together, hand in hand, like Thelma and Louise, uh, with uh, Papa John's Trophy medal winners. Um, yeah, round the neck still. Uh, terrific 
job that they did. I mean, particularly Traff over 18 months on loan from Manchester City. He's, he obviously earned a massive move to Burnley and he's still doing a really good job there. Even though Burnley aren't playing so well, he's certainly keeping up his end of the bargain. Connor has gone back to Liverpool. I'm, I'm so pleased to see him back in Liverpool's team now. He had a bit of a, a back injury, which has taken some time to get sorted. He's now back in that kind of frame. Some discussion whether he might get sent out in January to the Championship. Don't know yet, but uh, in fact, there's actually even a report saying that Burnley were interested. It could be Traff and, and Bradley reunited. But those two lone players, for me, were among the best that Bolton have had in, in living memory in terms of a temporary deal. Yeah, it, you know, we, we've had quite a few uh, lone players, especially... Especially at the start of the 2010s in the championship, you know, you think of Lafondre, Jukovic, uh, you yeah. know, Feeney came in on loan and started really well. Alan Hutton. Um, <laughs> Alan Hutton. Uh, you know, there was a... But then, I think of recent years, we've not had many loan players that, you know, you looked at and and they made a difference. These two came in and, and we'd had Trafford for six months before. But, yeah, I think with these two... I think you look at us this season and we don't really have... The lone, you know, lone players like them too, and it's for the best for the club because you want assets, you want to be able to sell them on. But um, you know, Bolton utilised that at the right time, and this is another thing. Maybe it wasn't right we got promoted last year because you're suddenly then bringing in a goalkeeper and a fullback into mm. the championship, whereas Dacus Cogley and Baxter can have a year with us in, in League One, where they. Um, where they can get used to everything and, and push on. So it was, they'll be forever welcome back at Bolton. It's nice to see that they have come back actually so far this season and, and watch the odd game. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, I think seeing them at the end of that Barnsley game and with tears in their eyes with the fans and just the disappointment in the eye is, is just, yeah, I, I, you can tell they'll have a soft spot for the club. I mean, I suggest the, the only option for Barry Knight here is. The playoff semi-final. You thought you might say actually, May Kieran Lee left Bolton as well. I think it's it's worth mentioning the impact that he had as well over his uh, was it three years with Bolton Wanderers, a real Rolls Royce of a player, and, and arguably one that they haven't quite replaced as well. No, um, Kieran Lee, he's not got a club, has he? No, but I, I don't think physically he was he was necessarily going to be looking for one either. I think it would have taken something special for him to to continue. Um, he'll be happy in his mansion. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Kieran Lee falls into the Mark Davis category where mm. I know Davis's career. Like Kieran Lee still played a lot of games for us last year and has ended it. If, if it is to end his career, it's ended it on a on a bit of a high. You know, playing games, his his body's just obviously got to the end but um, of his footballing career not his <laughs> that's a bit extra. he hasn't expired um, he's not just dissolved <laughs> like the mummy <laughs> um, whereas Mark Davis it, you know he was a similar kind of player similar quality of player could have played at a much higher level but then he ended his career only playing six or seven matches for the last few years so um, but yeah Kieran Lee is, he was we wouldn't have got him in League 2 it, I think this is it is that you've got to You've got to accept that we were only going to have him for two and a half years playing so many matches a season because if he was in a fitter state, he would have been playing in the Premier League. So mm. you take it as a win and and it was probably, you, you know, you don't know behind the scenes what's happened, whether the club have looked and gone, yeah, OK, we need someone who we're going to have for a lot more next year or whether they've had a mutual chat and he's gone, 
I can't give you more than 15 games next year and you move on so mm. uh, yeah Kieran Lee will be will be uh, he'll be well remembered so I guess that leads us into the playoff yeah. semis then Barnsley yeah. we drew the first game and lost the second game and um, Barnsley obviously went on and didn't get promoted themselves but I don't know about you but I, and I possibly said it on the podcast at the time I think it was the it was a good outcome for Bolton it, amongst that playoffs because if you look at the other playoff and the way Peterborough got knocked out Bolton just not having the rubber to green is probably it, it showed us where we were at that time we just quite weren't quite good enough were we? It, it's very easy to say this is hindsight but I think if Bolton would have been promoted if Bolton would have got to the final I'm quite quite confident they would have won that game at Wembley because of everything that happened in the April um, and the, the kind of psychology behind it um, but I think if they'd have got promoted, we would be sat at the bottom of the table now. And, you know, all the, the pressures that that brings on a manager, all the pressures that brings on finances as well. I just don't think it was right for the club at that point in time to go up. I, I genuinely believe that, that it would have been problematic. And then you look at the, some of the teams that are in that championship at the minute, and my God, um, it, it would have cost the absolute earth. It's still going to be a huge financial outlay, even if Bolton were to go up next season um, to catch up with the, the the budgets that they've got up there. But this season in particular is, is a big one with the Leicesters and the Southamptons and such like, um, and Leeds. So I think, weirdly, it, it feels like it did us a favour, but it didn't feel like that at the time. It felt as if the two games against Barnsley had highlighted exactly what Bolton didn't have. Um, goal scorers was the main one and, and yes we've just talked about Deion Charles reaching 20 but across the team is there enough of a goal threat I think we can say that the team's moved on from that and I think it has improved and so I feel in a, a better place for Bolton as a team as opposed to the individuals at, at the moment sort of tactically it feels like they'd be better placed if they were to go up this season um, even, even with all the, the the, the couple of problems they've had very, very recently, but it just, they seem a stronger team. Well, I mean, that brings us to the end of part one of our yearly review. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed January to May. Um, we'll be back very, very soon with the second instalment. And no spoilers, no spoilers at all. But there's a little bit in August where we mention a game against Wigan. Now, if you want to fast forward that bit, you have got my permission. No problems whatsoever. Um, thank you very much for joining us for this bit. Go and get yourself a brew. Go and get yourself a cast pasty and join me and Henry for the second half. Mm-hmm.